1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The Trade Feed, for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own.
0: Good morning. Welcome to Continental Tires, AFL trade radio engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tires this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablitch here with you on the trade feed for the next hour. Josh, we are in the home stretch, but how are you? How was your weekend?
2: My weekend was good. Sarah went up to Sydney Lovely. for a wedding. It was pouring up there. La Nina, baby. I know. Every time I go to Sydney this year, it rains. Like Sydney in winter used to be the place to go to escape, and everyone's complaining. Maybe that's why the likes of Tim Taranto no. and Jacob Hopper <laughs> are looking for a move to Victoria. Tim Taranto's got his deal done. Jacob Hopper, I think we'll talk about at some point this morning, because that deal still hasn't been finalised yet. There's still plenty of time. Wednesday is still a while away in the scheme of the trade period. But we need some deals today, Sarah, because just, it's just dragging.
0: A little bit of a lull. And, of course, across the weekend, well, much of the attention was on the draft combine. Mm-hmm. So clubs are, I guess, splitting their focus at the moment. And, of course, for all the best coverage, you can go to afl.com.au because Kaltumi and Nat Edwards, mm. they were there all weekend and they've put together a great little video from the weekend, just all the bets, the best bits and Had who to look out there. for. They did, didn't they? Yeah. Nice high desk. Nice looking back into uh, the background there, Joshua. But I... Um, I was on the W beat. Yeah, give me a little bit of insight because you had so the,
2: the double header Friday night yeah, at Moravin.
0: At RSCA Park. When, so. we, when
2: we left here on Friday, it was absolutely pouring.
0: It was. And it we, was. Were, we
2: were concerned <laughs> for you because there's not much coverage at RSCA Park, but it, it sort of became not a bad afternoon.
0: No, we were actually really lucky with the weather. When I got there, there was this beautiful rainbow in the background. So looking very mm-hmm. picturesque and the rain held off for the majority of the match. It just started teaming down with about a couple of minutes to go. But yeah, the Blues, they were very impressive on Friday against St Kilda, who are now out of finals contention. But the Blues, are still very much alive. And then yesterday, I was at lovely Casey Fields, which can have its own weather system at times. But I'll tell you what, the Ds, they were so good.
2: How were the conditions out at Casey?
0: Well, like fine conditions, but the wind, it's always a factor down Mm. there. And Melbourne just know how to master those conditions. So they were far too good for the Bulldogs. So... We may have been doing other things across the weekend, Josh, but now our focus is back on the trade period. And our topics for today are 2021 in review, best recruits. Now, this is also to do with value, not just performance. We'll be looking at the machinations there and also, with players once again leaving the Giants and the Suns, we're going to have a look at the best players to have left those two clubs. And, of course, if you want to get involved, you can call us, one 48 or text 0419-187-323. Now, Josh, a state of play. Where are we at? Because, as you said off the top, there are some big deals that we're still waiting to get done And sometimes you just need one for the dominoes to start falling.
2: Well, hopefully we get the Isaac Rankin deal done because on Thursday, that looked very close to being finalised. Very, very close. Then we thought Friday, okay, we'll we'll get this done before we head into the weekend. And it's Monday morning, just after 11am, Sarah, and that deal hasn't been finalised yet. There's no concern around it not being done. There's just a little bit of haggling at the back end. Pick five will be included in this deal. That's been flagged for some time. It's just what goes on at the back end in terms of this trade with a swap of of picks later on. So hopefully we get Isaac Rankin done today because it's it's integral to our conversation in terms of (laughs) some of the big name players that have left the Gold Coast Suns for different reasons and he's now going to be one of them. You'd expect potentially by as soon as the end of today, but definitely by 7.30pm on Wednesday night, Isaac Rankin will be an Adelaide Crows player.
0: And also some big men waiting to get their deals done, Josh.
2: Well, the Luke Jackson one is is the fascination because it's been we've been talking about Luke Jackson heading back to WA for six months, haven't we? When we think about it. So that's just sort of creeping along. Again, it feels like that will definitely get done. The concern is the Rory Lobb because until Luke Jackson arrives at Fremantle, there's no way they would entertain losing Rory Lobb, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. they were pretty they've been pretty strong in the last fortnight i think when we've heard from peter bell we've heard from david walls even last monday he was emphatic rory lob is a required player in 2023 at the Fremantle dockers how does that marry up with the the expectation he had heading into this season that if he remained last last trade period that he would be granted his trade wish and be able to leave 12 months later it hasn't happened just yet but as with all these deals there is still some time for them to happen. So it's that's going to be one of the deadline day fascinations for me. Rory Lov, where does he remain because he's made it clear that he wants to get to the Western Bulldogs. He's bought a property in Melbourne. His partner's already moved here. She's been here for months. What happens if he doesn't get the trade wish? I mean, this is what happens in the trade period. So I can't wait to see what happens in the coming days. I'm glad we've got through to Monday because Thursday and Friday it was just dragging.
0: It was dragging. So we hope it picks up today. And we're going to pick it up with our first topic today, 2021 in review, the best recruits in terms of value and performance. And it's interesting as well, Josh, because we're talking about some of the bigger names, the deals that are still waiting to get done this trade period. But if you look at last year and some of the players who were traded, They were lesser lights who have gone on to have a really big impact in season 2022. So let's just do a little bit of a review and show some love. Because when you think about someone like a Sam Wiedemann, who today is being mooted as potentially going to Essendon, a bit of a lesser light, but we've seen through last year's trade period that sometimes these are the diamonds in the rough. And if you want to get involved, call one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight or text us 419 Josh, where do you want to start this topic? Well,
2: well, I just want to pick up where you just said on Sam Wiedemann, because yeah. if we go back two years, Peter Wright, yeah, another very high draft pick. He's now, as we spoke about last week, he's a best and fairest winner and he was traded for a future fourth round pick. so I think you're right let's spend some time this morning discussing the value that came out of last year's trade period because last year there was an absence of high-end quality when we think the two biggest names to trade places last year were Jordan Dawson and Adam Chera but in reality neither of them had been an All-Australian yet neither of them had won a club best in Ferris yet so they weren't monster names so that, that was a slight concern in terms of in terms of the trade period last year we just didn't have we have probably haven't had it for a couple of years the big
0: fish no yeah,
2: no but we've got some in play now i mean josh dunkley's one we didn't talk about before he is in play obviously so and there's so much theatre around josh dunkley i just we go back to the sutton medal it's probably 10 days ago now when when luke Beveridge went pretty hard around the trade value the pony up and we're still here so there's there's just it feels like that's still at a bit of a stalemate. So hopefully there's a bit more progress on that today. But if we look at some of the the bigger, the best players that came out of last year's trade period, I want to throw Will Brody up as a starting point because... You
0: love Will Brody. I do love Will Brody. <laughs>
2: I do love Will Brody because you've got to think that he was a top 10 pick who had only played six games in the two years prior to last year, had only paid, played 25 games at the Gold Coast Suns in five years. This year he played 24 games and he just that, that the return straight away is huge, but if you look at the breakdown of the deal, I know there was a salary dump component to this, and we're still getting our head around the salary dump component. We might see it again with Braden Fiorini during this trade period. Obviously, Jack Bowes is one that's been spoken about at length. But Will Brody moved to Fremantle in exchange, along with nineteen sixty one and sixty nine, in exchange for a future second and future fourth. He had a fair bit of money owing on that deal. They spread it out at the Dockers, and he's become a real find when you think that he, he played every game, all 24 games this year for Frio, average 27 touches, six clearances. He has been a real diamond in the rough, and that's what you can find during this period.
0: Where did he finish in their best and fair at Brody?
2: Well, this is what's puzzled me, Sarah, because I <laughs> thought he had a sensational year, and I think the general consensus is he had a really good year, especially where he came from, but he didn't finish top 10 in the Doig. Which is staggering.
0: Unusual given his season, those numbers you just threw up.
2: Yes. Some of these names that we'll get through will we'll specify where they came in the best and fairest because there's been some really good results. But yeah, I was surprised that Will Brody didn't finish top 10 in the Doig medal, but Justin Longmuir knows his players a lot better than we do. Hey,
0: maybe not ten, top 10 in the Doig, but top five perhaps in this list, Josh, which yes. is what really
2: counts. Yes. But He's... when you're
0: talking about top 10 finishes in the BNF, a name I would like to throw up is Pat Lipinski, mm-hmm. who came sixth in the Copeland Trophy and finished ahead of Nick Dacos, much to the surprise of many, Josh, when you think about some of the younger players at Collingwood and their seasons. But Pat Lipinski, of course, came across from the Western Bulldogs, where he was just starved of opportunity. He was kind of biding his time in the twos. And when he did come into the Dogs lineup, he wasn't really being played in his preferred position. And it was a big move for him to go to Collingwood, but it's one that's absolutely paid dividends, a fantastic season.
2: Well, I was sitting opposite you when the release came through, the embargoed release for the Copeland <laughs> Trophy. And I was like, hang on. Yeah. Where's Nick Dagos? <laughs> yeah. Seventh. But if you look at the results, it was a it was a very tight finish in the Copeland Trophy. You could throw a blanket over the top ten. It was that tight. Pat Lipinski, though, to finish six, as you said, is is staggering. I mean, he barely played. He played 11 games last year, but played only one game after round 11. Completely fell out of f- favour. Luke Beveridge just couldn't find a spot for him. So to move for pick 43 and to play 25 games, all 25 games, is a sensational effort. And it came out last week. He had a shoulder reconstruction last week. He carried that in the last three months of the season. Brandon Maynard had the same issue. So... He proved that he could play with discomfort as well in the second half of the year. I know he's really rated internally for it, just for, for, for the full package in terms of his leadership, his professionalism, and, and then his durability in the end. So to play 25 games after only playing 56 across his first five seasons at the Western Bulldogs was a fantastic return on invest, investment. And pick 43. It's a great turnaround for the Pies.
0: It certainly is. And if you want to get involved in this discussion, the best recruits from 2021 in review, call one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight or text 0419-187-323. We will continue this discussion, but on the line from Deer Park, we've got Adam. And Adam, you've got a question regarding the Western Bulldogs and Josh Dunkley. Hey, how are you going today, guys? Yeah, really well. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. I just wanted to have your discussion because you just guys said earlier
1: about Rory Lobb to, like, how he'll stay at Fremantle.
0: I have a theory. Since everyone's trying to, like, all the big guys are trying to get to certain clubs, can't there be any negotiations and, like, a mega trade between Collingwood with Brodie Grundy, the Melbourne with uh, Luke Jackson, and then, like, Bulldogs with Josh Dunkley and Fremantle with Rory Lobb? Like a mega trade. You get what I mean?
2: They're very difficult to execute. It's that, That's that's the nature of these things. They're difficult to execute club to club. So to get more than one club involved makes it very difficult. It was widely reported over the weekend, and Kel Toomey's broken it down on afl.com.au, about this six-club mega trade that was starting to bubble away late last week. Obviously, a lot of players involved in terms of the Jason Horn Francis, Junior Rioli, even Jack Gunston. Obviously, Brisbane, they want to trade him in rather than sign him via free agency, which that window closed last Friday. They didn't want to dilute their compensation for Daniel McStay. So it did fall apart in the end due to an AFL legislation in the end around trading away future, for, uh, future picks. But I understand what you're saying. It, it, it feels more simple on paper to involve a lot of clubs, but it comes very difficult when there's only a short period to trade players and you've got to negotiate with multiple parties. But I like the idea.
0: Thanks to Adam there. And we do have some texts coming through. This number ending in 416 says, Wiedemann. You people will talk up anything as a filler. Don't blame you, though, as nothing is happening. Well, this is kind of the point that we are making for 1-6, is that Sam Wiedemann isn't being spoken about as one of the big names this trade period, but you only need to go back 12 months to see that some of these lesser lights can have a really big impact when they do go to their new club. And two texts coming through saying, Stengel, absolute bargain. Tyson Stengel, best recruit of 2021. But as we know... Josh, this was a bit of a, a different one.
2: Well, that's right. We need to specify this. This is via free agency or traded players, hence the window that we're talking about right now. We're not talking about a Tyson Stengel, who was a delisted free agent that was signed in November. And Paddy McCartan's also clearly part of the conversation of recruit of 2022, given he signed via the SSP period back at the end of January. So there are two other players that I have in the conversation as recruit of the year, along with... Marbiol Charles here, who we haven't got to yet, but I think he's right at the top end of the players that came from another club last year. When you think he moved to the Gold Coast Suns as a free agent on that four-year deal, I mean, what he what he produced this year was sensational. He kicked 44 goals, won the goal-kicking. And when you contemplate that Ben King went down in February with an ACL, it seemed completely doom and gloom at that point. So to get 44 goals out of Marbiol Charles, who'd never kicked more than nine in a season prior to 2022, Quite remarkable. And again, a bit like a Sam Wiedemann, no one was talking about him at this time last year. In fact, if you think about the players that left Richmond, all the anger was around Callum Coleman-Jones. Callum
0: Coleman-Jones. Yes, Who also
2: departed on a four-year deal. And it hasn't worked yet at North Melbourne. He barely played senior footy this year. But you look at Chole, to get 44 goals out of a player that really cost you nothing as a free agent is is quite remarkable. And we keep going back to the Peter Wright example. The future fourth-round pick for Peter Wright two years ago, he's come in... (laughs) And won a Crichton medal. Kicked 53 goals this year. It's 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 nothing to sneeze at.
0: I think as well when it comes to Marby or Choll and even Will Brody, as we were touching on before, and Pat Lipinski. I mean, there are some common themes there and it's opportunity. Great point. Once you are given opportunity, sometimes you can show that you are a star in your own right. And this is a text message from Anthony. He says, Hi, guys. Sam Wiedemann will be a diamond in the rough, as was Peter Wright. Giving him more time in consecutive games will give him confidence can play forward and down back, especially for only a future third round, will be a good get for the Bombers. Anthony, thank you for that text. And if you want to get involved, it's 0419 187 or you can call us. One 23, 55, 48 But this is kind of the point that we're making and what Anthony has made on the text line, Josh, is that sometimes these kids, these players, they just need to be given a second chance, sometimes a little bit of a love, an opportunity, and they can really shine.
2: There's a little bit of symmetry between Wiedemann and Peter Wright. Wright was taken at pick eight, Wiedemann was taken at pick nine. Key forwards, they take a bit of time. So I think if if Wiedemann can find a second home during this trade period, I think it would be really good for him. It just hasn't quite worked at Melbourne. He had a few opportunities early in the year. He had a really good game, I think, against Hawthorne on a Saturday night where he kicked four goals. He looked really good when Ben Brown was out of the team, and it just sort of faded away throughout the second half of the year. But, Sarah, there are a couple other names that I just want to touch on in terms of what happened last year and the performances this year. There's a couple coming through the text, and obviously there's a few Carlton fans that are listening Louis Young has been nominated. I thought he was really important, especially given all the trouble Michael Voss had down back this year. But George Hewitt is the one, and I know it hurts you to listen to this because George <laughs> Hewitt has really fired at Carlton since coming across from Sydney. And this was a fantastic pick because Nick Austin, the Carlton's list boss, he went after him eighteen months out. They didn't quite get him the first time around. They got him the second time around as a free agent, four-year deal. If he doesn't get injured. I'm sure he would have finished even higher in the John Nichols medal. Only played the 15 games in the end due to a back injury late in the year, but average 28 touches was rated elite for clearances in the competition. I thought he, his performances in the first half of the year, especially were, were sensational. And what he did for Patrick Cripps as well. Can't be, Underrated.
0: No, absolutely. And he would be one of the first magnets on Mm. the board at selection each week. And as you say, was missing towards the end of the year. And of course, we know that the Blues lost their last four games of the home and away season and just missed finals. Look, I'm not saying that he would have been the panacea for that, but he was such an important Mm. cog in that midfield. And just alleviating a bit of the pressure on some of the superstars in that team, including the Brownlow medalist who was able just to take his game to a new level this year, Josh.
2: It's spot on. I mean, Matt Kennedy was another one who looked done and Michael Voss reinvigorated him. So I think George Hewitt's clearly in this top bracket from the players that came in last year. And the last nomination I want to make before we move on and change topics is another swan who departed 12 months ago. Why are you doing this to me? Well, it just makes sense. It's on the list. I've just got to get to it. I can't sort of pick and choose, Sarah, but... Jordan Dawson is the one, and I think it's almost slightly underrated how good a year he had. I mean, the expectations were really high because he was, I think, alongside Chera the best player to move clubs last year. He came second in the best and fairest, just behind Rory Laird, and I know Adelaide didn't have a great year, but they definitely showed signs of improvement under Matthew Nix. I think they're, they're tracking in the right direction. They're still a fair way off, but Jordan Dawson finished second in the best and fairest, had a really strong year, and we all remember that that goal after the yeah. siren. I mean, that... That's, it was a
0: miss kick. That's yeah. how good a kick he is. He didn't even kick it right, he's and he still an, kicked a goal.
2: Yeah, he's an incredible, incredible kick. So, he moved in exchange for a future first-round pick, which is currently pick 14. So, I think he's provided tremendous value and is clearly a star of the competition and will be for a long time.
0: Well, I remember this time 12 months ago, the chatter around Jordan Dawson was, you know, kind of, who is this player mm. and why are we pumping him up so much? But the Swans knew what they were losing. He was third in their mm. best and fairest last year they really wanted to keep him He's such a beautiful mover of the ball and can play at either end of the ground but it will be intriguing to see what the swans get with that pick 14 and how we're talking about this trade in a couple of years but if you want to get involved in this conversation 2021 in review 2021 I should say in review the best recruits text us 0419187323 or give us a call one 23 55, 48. This is the Trade Feed, thanks to Toyota. Toyota certified pre-owned in a class of its own.
1: You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. In all to visit mcdonalds.com.au. The Trade Feed, for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, tilers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help, with over 115 outlets stocked up.
0: This is the trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, tilers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. So the AFL has knocked back the mega trade between six clubs. Port Adelaide had applied but were unable to use both um, first and second round future pick. And the Bombers are in conversations to secure Melbourne forward Sam Wiedemann. Sarah Olly and Josh Gablich here with you on the trade feed for around the next 35 minutes or so. And the topic we were unpacking this morning was the 2021 trade period. In review, the best value recruits. And I really like this text that has come through. We haven't touched on him yet, Josh, but Jeremy Finlayson for a future third round.
2: Yeah, this was definitely in the next wave, I think, because when you think what they gave up for him, massive turnaround. Obviously, Scott Lysette barely played. This year, and they used Jeremy as a ruckman for, for much yes. of the year. Riley Beveridge wrote a great piece in the second half of the season, looking at his impact as a ruck. Because you just you look purely at the numbers, and they didn't jump off the page in terms of hitouts and hitouts to advantages and clearance def- differential, all those sorts of things. But he was having a really big impact an underrated impact, and and overcame a really difficult year. I mean, he moved back to South Australia. His, his partner had just had a baby, and not long after they arrived back, she was diagnosed with cancer. It was, it was really incredible to think the challenges he had to overcome this year. So a really great nomination off the text. Jordan Clark is another one, Sarah, we didn't get to. Mm-hmm. And again, a, a little bit like a, like a like a Tanner Bruin or a player looking to get home. This time last year, there was an unknown around how good a player he actually was. And, and he ended up having a really strong year. Finished top 10 in the Doig, played 22 games. And I think he really got going in the second half of the season. So definitely in the conversation, just below that group of five that we discussed.
0: And this from Alex from Colac, Jeremy Finlayson was a huge get for Port with some huge runs of form this year and Hugh Greenwood to the Suns, another good pickup. And then this from the number ending in 920, Nathan Kruger showed great signs before he got injured. Next year, he will break out. Oh, sorry, that one there is from Matt. So keep the texts coming through, 1-300-23-55-48. Josh, let's move along to our next topic though and it's to do with the two newest clubs to the AFL. We're going to begin with the Gold Coast Suns though and look at the best players to have left the club. Now it's quite a list and this, of course, is relevant again because Isaac Rankin, he's going to get home to Adelaide and the Jack Bowes situation is clearly still in play. It looks like he'll definitely be in the blue and white hoops next year but they're joining a long list and a long list that has some big names.
2: They do have some big names, but I also think that the retention issues that used to riddle the Gold Coast Suns have definitely eased in the last couple of years. That's why the Rankin issue has caused so much grief internally at the Suns. They were shattered and they put so much work into trying to convince him to remain at Metricon Stadium they're filthy, and understandably so, because the retention issues—they've gone. We've been talking about GWS in this space in the last few years. We haven't been talking about the issues around that with the Gold Coast Suns. So to lose Isaac Rankin has been a significant blow to Stuart Jew, and it's it's why they spent so much time trying to convince him to change his mind.
0: Do you think it's the right move for Rankin?
2: Personally, I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's the right move for Adelaide to dedicate so much financial terms to a, to a, a small forward essentially. I'd like to see Rankin play a lot more through the midfield if you're going to dedicate that much money. It's the same as the Jordan Dawson argument in a, in a way, like your two highest paid players aren't going to be bonafide midfielders if you know what I mean. So I'm intrigued to see how how it plays out. It's 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 a two team town. It's a real fishbowl in Adelaide. There's going to be so much scrutiny on Isaac Rankin. He could go about his business almost anonymous in on the Gold Coast. So you know, some players do thrive under that spotlight. So either way, I think there's going to be so much intrigue in terms of how he goes next year because of the size of the deal.
0: Some thrive, but some also wilt under that spotlight, Josh. But the best players to leave the Suns, who's making the top of your list?
2: I'm going to start with Tom Lynch. Yep. Given how important key forwards are in the game, I mean, it was a huge story when him and Stephen May left during the same trade period. It was huge when, when you contemplate, both were co-captains at the time. I mean, it, it, as I said before, it, it just doesn't feel like we're anywhere near back to what it used to be in terms of retention issues. So he is now a two-time premiership play, won the Jack Dyer medal only a couple of weeks ago, which really highlights how good a year he had. I would have thought he was really stiff not to be All-Australian. He was in the squad. He hasn't earned another All-Australian at the Richmond Football Club, but I think the way he played this year, if he hadn't have missed those, I think he missed four games in the end with two separate hamstring injuries. I think he wins the common medal because he didn't miss it by much. And I think he becomes another All-Australian. So the Jack Dye medal sums up how good a year he had though.
0: And Tom Lynch as well. He's barely had a proper pre-season. Like I know that's something mm. that Damien Hardwick often touches on is that, you know, this guy's playing really well. He's kicking bags of goals and he's doing it off a really limited run up. So I think that's a very worthy nomination. And you mentioned Stephen May there, who of course now is a premiership player with Melbourne.
2: And a two-time All-Australian. I think he's one of the best key defenders getting around the competition. And just with Lynch as well. It, it's just how big this this loss was for that club. Imagine these two playing for the Gold Coast Suns right now. Like I... I spent some time up there, as you know, and you could see it, the excitement around these two players as key position players. the and book leaders, leaders. Leaders. Yeah. and Yeah. You're, you're spot on. So to lose them both has been significant. They've rebuilt though with the likes of Ben King and Sam Collins, those sorts of types. But Stephen May, I think is an absolute star of the competition. He's got a few years left in his absolute peak. So I'm intrigued to see how he goes. He could finish his career as a three, four, five time All-Australian. I think he's that good. So... He's been a significant lost, loss. But another player that was part of that crew at the start, and they're all very good mates, Tom Lynch, Stephen May, and Dion Prestia. I think he is an absolute star. And again, a bit like Tom Lynch, if he doesn't get injured as often as he has and, and have to play through some of these injuries, he'd be held in even higher esteem when you think about what he's done at the Richmond Football Club. Three-time premiership player, polled 19 brown low votes this year, although he had those soft tissue Injuries. So finished third in the Jack Dyer. He's won a Jack Dyer before. He's been a really, really good find for the Richmond Football Club. So again, it's we touched on it last week with the Tim Taranto and Jacob Popper. If they get those two players, it's a bit like the Lynch and Prestia. It's just pinching two players from an expansion club to really set up your future. And
0: Prestia is the one when Richmond are looking for a circuit breaker, looking to get the game back on their terms. It's usually. On Prestia that Damien Hardwick turns to. Now, of course, we're talking about this in the context of the best players to leave the Gold Coast Suns. Isaac Rankin will be leaving. And this is from Cooper on the text line. He says, Hi, guys. Enjoying this show? The Crows must see Rankin as a future clubman and a player that puts bums on seats, similar to Eddie Betts, would explain the huge price tag they are putting on him. Cheers, Cooper. So that's one take and you have to say from the highlights that we've seen so far of Isaac Rankin, not just at the Suns, but in his junior footy, he's surely a player that does already put bums on seats.
2: He's box office and I have had this conversation. We had this conversation with Julian Destoop not too long ago around (laughs) box office players and there aren't that many in the competition, but I'm talking about the Jordan Degoeys, the Toby Greens, the Lance Franklins, the Dustin Martins. Isaac Rankin isn't in that bracket just yet, but he's got that sort of X factor that makes you come to the footy. So it's a really good point that that texter has made, but I'd just like to see how it plays out because we're going to be talking about this for a long time, and that's what happens when you choose to move clubs.
0: All right. What about Charlie Dixon? Where does he feature in that list?
2: He's just below that top three. Again, key forwards are very difficult to find. He's been an All-Australian at Port Adelaide, he's been a star. He's had to deal with a lot of injuries with his ankles. They've been causing him grief for the duration of his career. But he's still standing, still providing a really big target. And they've lacked quite a few of them during his time there under Ken Hinkley. So I think he's he's right in this list. Jay Gramir is the next one. Cost Hawthorne a pick 10 and a future second rounder. Been the vice captain for the past three years. Could be the next captain. I think most likely it's a James Sicily. But Jay mirror has been really good, especially when you consider that two years he was wiped out in terms of his knees. He only played six games in his first year at Hawthorne. His career was at a real crossroads because of his knee injuries. So he's come back and finished third in the Peter Crimmins Medal three times. So he's become a really good player at Hawthorne. And the other one I'm going to throw up, Sarah, is a name that I really like. And it, and it's it's a th- he's played for three clubs now, but he still is part of the players that have departed the Gold Coast Suns. I'm talking about Adam Sard, he sometimes get lost in terms of when you think about well, who's left the Gold Coast Suns, and you think about Harley Bennell, you think about Josh Caddy, Gary Ablett, of course, is in this conversation, but Adam Sard is now an All-Australian, Sarah. He's become one of the best halfbacks in the game.
0: Yeah, he had an absolutely incredible year, of course, culminating in those All-Australian honours. And Scott, on the text line, you just mentioned that player, but he says Gary Ablett, of course, left Gold Coast. A slightly different one, isn't it? Because he really left Geelong and then left Gold Coast. It was a bit of a homecoming. Back to the Cats, but also another big star to leave that club.
2: And that's part of the reason Jared Lyons hasn't been in this discussion because he didn't start there. Obviously, the way he left still surprises people because you would have thought that he, he could have played a lot more football at Metricon Stadium. He's become a star at Brisbane still staggering to think that Jared Lyons departed as a delisted free agent.
0: And this is from Rhino on the text line because, Josh, you and I was just talking about Stephen May and Tom Lynch and how they left. And one of the biggest holes they left was in terms of the leadership space. Well, he says, Lynch and May are not leaders. Leaders don't leave their troops to chase glory. They are great players who were given roles by a club that thought they would keep them by doing so. Not leaders at all, just great players. Rhino, love your passion there, but we're going to have to agree to disagree in that space. Is that it for the Gold Coast Suns list, Josh?
2: I think so. I think we could go through a whole heap of players, but I think they're they're the six that I'm going to throw up as the best players that have left for, for a new club.
0: And we are going to be looking at the best players to have left the Giants. So start getting those text messages coming through 0419 187 323 or you can call us 1300 23 48. And, of course, off the top, Josh, we were talking about 2021 trade period in review, looking at some of the lesser lights who've gone on to make a difference. And part of this is around the context this year with Sam Wiedemann, who he does have a year to run on his contract with the D's, He's now looking like he might be playing for the Bombers. And this is a question off the text line for you, Josh. Do you see Wright, Jones and Wiedemann playing in the one forward line next year? Would that work with the three talls?
2: I don't know if it would work. It's a good point they make. We didn't see a great deal of Harry Jones, though, this year. So it's a good problem to have, though, because they haven't had many tall targets in recent times. Obviously, Peter Wright has become... A star, but they didn't expect him to have this sort of impact. Geez, if they could get Peter Wright and Sam Wedman playing at that level, they would cause a lot of opposition defences, plenty of grief.
0: And this one is in relation to Dion Prestia. Meatball is the best by some distance. Best and fairest in a premiership year. Sean, PS, sorry, Rhino. And this one from Matt Josh. He says, Nathan Kruger showed great signs before he got injured. Next year, he will break out. And He's highly regarded at Collingwood. They Kruger. do love him. Yes. They do
2: love him. That's why he sort of came, he came back from a shoulder reconstruction and, and was putting himself in that conversation around selection during the final series after just one VFL game. He's very, very highly rated internally. Unfortunately, injuries have just held him back so far. So I really do look forward to seeing what he does next year because he could end up falling in one of these brackets in terms of best value trade picks in this period of time.
0: This is the Trade Feed for Ream, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Ream.
1: You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Continental Tyres today. The Trade Feed. The Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own.
0: Welcome back to Continental Tyres, AFL trade radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablitch here with you on the trade feed for the next 20 or so minutes. We've been breaking down a few topics today, looking down at the uh, 2021 trade period in review. So keep your texts coming through 0419187323 or call us 1300 23 If you want to weigh into that topic, the best value recruits from 2021. And in light of some of these players leaving the two newest clubs to the AFL, the Gold Coast Suns and the Giants, we're also looking at some of the best players to leave those clubs We just did the Suns. Josh, we're going to head now to Greater Western Sydney and have a look at the Giants. And already we've got a lot of texts coming through. And of course, the backdrop to this is that Tim Taranto, he's the latest player to leave. He's gone to Richmond. And Jacob Hopper, it looks like he's going to get there too.
2: And don't forget Tanner Bruin, of course. So there are so many names. I mean, this is the club that's been absolutely ransacked by the competition, but it's the nature of the list build in terms of the draft concessions they had if you go back to that initial draft in 2011 they had 11 players in the top 20 picks so it's just it's incredible to think how many top top 20 draft picks they've had since their inception it's now up to 44 players inside the top 10 they've inside the top top 20 and they've got 5 picks as we sit here right now inside the top 20 i think by Wednesday night, 7:30 p.m. They're not going to have those five picks. I think they're going to be quite active during this period, and they're still really keen on getting up the board to number one. So we'll have to wait and see what transpires between now and Wednesday night. But with pick three, pick twelve, pick fifteen, pick eighteen, and pick nineteen, I think we can see them getting up to number one. It's going to be a big watch in terms of what happens between now and then, but. Let's break down some of the players that have left because there's already a, a text coming through from Alex in Colac.
0: This is dedication to the cause, Josh.
2: He's listed his best 22 in <laughs> position, Sarah.
0: I love it from Alex. I love it. We're
2: so- not going to run through the full team right now, but let's let's start digging into some of the some of the bigger names that have that have departed because as I said, this is the nature of the list build. The, they get so many top end picks that aren't getting a game that want to move on and play AFL. You can understand why so many have left. We spoke about the exodus last week of 2020 and the six big names that left, including Jeremy Cameron. Well, it should be no surprise that Jeremy Cameron is at the top of this list for me because I think you can pinpoint that moment back in 2020 with the end of the Leon Cameron era. In a way, I know they played finals last year, but they never played the sort of football they did with Jeremy Cameron in the side. It was a massive, massive loss for them. You just don't find players like Jeremy Cameron. Floating around, so to stack this side with midfielders and lose Jeremy Cameron has been something that they've really rude, I think, in the past couple of years. It's 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 left a gaping hole in their in their side. And as good as a Toby Green is, you, you need a, a real big target as a key forward. And yes, they had Tom Boyd at one stage, and yes, they had John Patton at one stage, but those two players are now outside the AFL. And Jeremy Cameron is torching the competition at Geelong.
0: Well, some people think that he's the best player in the competition and he's certainly got a pretty compelling case to make when you think about him being a best and fairest mm. winner. In a premiership side, Josh, as we know, that is the biggest accolade you can have. So Jeremy Cameron sitting very comfortably atop of the best players to leave the Giants. Who's just below him?
2: Well, I'm going to throw up a little curveball here okay. because there are some some bigger names that have left. But I think if you really delve into this guy's CV and what he's achieved since he left Greater Western Sydney, he's right up there. And that's Jack Steele. So he struggled to get a game at the Giants, played two years there, only managed the 17 games, had a really low-key move to St Kilda. I was working at St Kilda at the time. It wasn't celebrated. It wasn't this big big song and dance. He's been an academy member, grew up in Canberra. Geez, I'd love to still have Jack Steele because they play three, sometimes four games a year in Canberra. They've got Tom Green at the moment who they sell the game around. But Jack Steele is now a two-time All-Australian, two-time Trevor Barker award winner. He's finished on the podium three other times. So five of the six years at St Kilda, he's finished top three in the best and fairest. He's become a real star and he's also now captain. So he, he shared that duty last year with Jaron Geary. He took it on his own this year. He's really grown into the role and there's been so much criticism around St Kilda and what they've done at this time of year. But you look back, this is one of the great trade, recruits during this free agency period because it only costs them a future second round pick and he's become a star. And a steal. Thank you.
0: (laughs) I do like this text from Lachlan. He says, "One One important point to moat about the Giants is that for the 30 players who they've lost or been traded out since 2014, the only players to win a flag are Jeremy Cameron, Tom Boyd and Jacob Townsend. So a nice little bit of trivia there from Lachlan. But who else is on your list, Josh?
2: My next one I'm going to throw up is Taylor Adams. And we had Heath Shaw on, I think, about 10 days ago now, Sarah. And we're talking about win-win trades at the time. And Taylor Adams left after two years to return to Victoria. And he was part of that, that big deal with Heath Shaw, who became a star at the Giants. He was already a star at Collingwood, became an even better player at Greater Western Sydney. But Taylor Adams has become a star of the competition in his own right. He's an All-Australian. He's a Copeland Trophy winner. And he's more than that in terms of what he's done leadership-wise at Collingwood. He could be Scott Penderbury's replacement. He may not be, but he's been vice-captain now for the last couple of years, been in the leadership group for some time. Really important figure in that football club in terms of driving standards. I think he's been a really, really good pick. And a big loss for the Giants in terms of that space because leadership has been an area of concern for them for some time. So I think when you factor it all in, he's really... High on this list. I'm a, I'm a big Taylor Adams fan.
0: So, your top three giants to leave are Jeremy Cameron, Jack Steele, and Taylor Adams. We're just going to go to a break, Josh, and I'll get your final top two to round out that top five after this. This is the trade feed thanks to Toyota, Toyota certified, pre owned in a class of its own.
1: You're listening to Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tires today. Real Aussies are winning big with a Monopoly game at Macca's. Like previous Monopoly game winner Caleb from Victoria who won a home entertainment package.
2: I was shocked. At 10.30am for a limited time only.
1: The Trade Feed for Host Plus. An industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota. Toyota certified. Pre-owned in a class of its own.
0: Welcome back to Continental Tyres. AFL trade radio engineered in Germany, proven in Australia... Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablitch here with you on the trade feed. And Josh, just before the break, you were just going through the best players to leave the Giants. One, Jeremy Cameron. Two, Jack Steele. Three, Taylor Adams. Who's number four?
2: I'm going to package these two, I've decided. Oh, so, it's
0: a package deal. <laughs> it's a package
2: for four and then we'll have a number five. It's okay. a bit of a smoky. <laughs> so four and... The next two, Adam Triller and Dylan Shield. I mean, they've been stars of the competition for a very long time. Yes, they didn't have great 2022 campaigns, but you look at the body of their work, they've been sublime players. So I want to put them as as level at four. And then I'm going to throw up this one at five. If you want to call it five, maybe six. (laughs) It's Josh Bruce. I think this one might surprise some people, but... Geez, Josh Bruce would be valuable back at the Giants right now. It's, he's yeah. a fascination because if they get Rory Lobb, where are they going to fit him in? I know he's come off an ACL. So I think some of the criticism around Josh Bruce this year has been out of line because when you come off a, an ACL, it's going to take some time. I thought anything this year was going to be a bonus. We can't forget he, when he went down last year, he'd 48 goals. He was coming second in the Coleman medal at that stage. I think he's had a, a much better career than some people think. Kicked a lot of goals at St. Kilda. If you look back at his time there, he kicked more than 36 goals on four occasions. Became a really reliable goal kicker. It's why the Western Bulldogs went after him when they went and got Alex Keith a few years ago now. Both have been really good servants for the Western Bulldogs, especially last year with Bruce. I mean, to kick 48 goals is a really, really good effort. So I'm going to put him in there, just at the bottom of this list, because I think if he was back there right now, he'd be very, very valuable.
0: A much-loved clubman as well and also very involved in the AFLW mm. program. So we do love Josh Bruce. Just recap that Giants list for me and then recap your sons' list as well.
2: So one, Jeremy Cameron, two, Jack Steele, three, Taylor Adams, four, Adam Trillor, and Dylan Shield.
0: <laughs> he snuck that in. And
2: five, Josh Bruce. So they're my five at the Giants. And then at the Gold Coast Suns, I had Lynch, Stephen May, Dion Prestia, Charlie Dixon, Jay Mira, and Adam Sard.
0: All right, two pretty compelling lists. And thank you to everyone who texts in today. We really appreciate all the activity. But that's all from us today. Coming up after midday with Riley and Cal, all the build-up to the next trade to land. Whatever that trade will be, we'll bring it to you as soon as it happens on Trade Radio. This is the trade feed for Rheem, built tough for Aussie conditions when it comes to water heating. Ask your plumber to install a Rheem.